Hello, dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And this is the Course of Course, episode 69. So, Stephanie, we've had quite the experience for the past couple of weeks. I know you have a lot to talk about, and so do I. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Why don't you give us an update on how things are going in nature in your beautiful area of Canada? Thank you. I'm learning to slow down for the first time in my entire life, having multiple jobs at once. I actually am just down to one very part-time job. My main job, I just ended. So I'm just having a little bit of space because I'm supposed to start another job in September. And I just felt like I needed a little bit of time just to pull my head together, you know, basically. And one thing I'm learning about myself is I don't know how to be still. I... I look forward to it. I, I, I'm actually in my workbook lessons. Um, 106 is let me be still and listen to the truth. So I'm going to bring meditation back in uh, every day. And I just notice like I get antsy. I'm not the kind of person that just that, that can just like veg and watch TV for hours or can just I don't know what people do when they don't do things. But I'm just so wound up all the time. I'm just learning how to slow down. It's got to be a lot easier to slow down when you're in nature. For sure. I mean, just the vibe of Canada is different than Los Angeles. That's very helpful. And then there's nature that I can look at and observe. For instance, this morning I saw an ant moving a wasp. He's like five times the size of the ant. (laughs) It's just fascinating to see. Or... Uh, I can hear that whales breaching a lot coming up to get air. So I always run outside to see where they are. And the other night they were super close to the, to the property, to the coastline. And I tried to get video and just seeing their tails like flap and slap the water or the eagles flying by, you know, just trying to slow down and letting nature kind of prompt me in that slowing down. Well, what's a typical day like? Oh, just, you know, waking up, going outside, checking on all the plants. I have a garden. I'm also taking care of my aunt's garden, who's uh, back in the States for a while. And um, actually, gardening does take up time. Um, I spent about five hours replanting a lot of her uh, starts into bigger pots. And we're starting to get tomatoes, which is beautiful. At the end of July, here in the Northern Hemisphere, having a red tomato is priceless. And fresh herbs, and we've got eggplants and cucumbers and squashes are coming in. So um, we have some flowers growing, and I'm volunteering at another garden. I'm reading. I'm reading a book called Pivot by Michelle Wright, who is my nature teacher from Paralandra who's taught a lot at Fenhorn and uh, cooking, cooking takes time. You know, there's no little taco place for me to run to. So I'm cooking every day and cleaning and just finding little tasks to do like mopping the floors and then cleaning all the floor mats so that when I walk around barefoot, I don't have to worry about bugs and things. It's part of my busyness mode, but it also makes me feel good to be in clean Um, It's been raining a bit here, which is also nice to have weather since in Los Angeles it's usually June gloom or it's sunny. But, you know, the weather's been um, 
very polluted down there. They've had unhealthy air over level 200, which is bad for people who have asthma or elders or children. They should not be out doing sports when the air is smoggy like that. And sometimes I wonder if that's like a reflection of the consciousness of Los Angeles, having all that smog just floating there. I'm really not looking forward to going back there. So I'm just kind of in limbo waiting for this job to happen out of Massachusetts and wondering if it really will. And if it doesn't, I'm actually happy with that and just, you know, trying to practice some spiritual trust that everything will be provided. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you're talking about rejuvenation, powers of nature here in Texas, we had a little bit, I wouldn't say a cold snap, but we had breezy, lovely, cooler weather, which was such a a respite from kind of high 80s and 90s. And I was outside and I just thought to myself, this feels so good. There is something so lovely about kind of a cool breeze, but not too cool Mm -hmm. as it hits your skin. It is so relaxing. And I was probably in that that space for maybe 10 minutes, which is a lot longer than you think. And I thought, wow, this is so nice. I was surrounded by all this beautiful greenery and flowers and, you know, bees and all that kind of stuff. And I thought I understand a little bit why Stephanie is so intoxicated by being outside in nature. Yeah, I feel like there's a message here for me that I'm. I'm tapping into about consciousness and healing the mind and nature. I'm working with my flower essences and my nature team. In fact, I haven't had any mice sightings since I did my clearing, which has been beautiful that I didn't have to trap any of them. Just invited them to pack their bags and leave. (laughs) I want to paint. I'm starting to get like colors and pictures in my mind and, I had to get some newspaper so I could not get paint everywhere. So that just kind of happened when I had to go to the recycling center and dump off my aunt's stuff with mine. I was like, oh, look it, there's a bag of newspaper, just what I need. So I felt like I, I could use some more time. And that job, they were supposed to deposit money on my account August 1st, which is just next week. And I feel like I'm not ready to leave here next week or a week after. So I really hope it will get delayed. I have a strong feeling it will get delayed. And uh, I think the next month or so of undoing my mind and healing will be a nice journey for me. It sounds so lovely and really stress-free. That's something I've noticed is I don't wake up with mucus in my throat every morning. Um, My eyes are getting clearer My stress level is just dropping day by day, and I do feel that going inward and creating those moments of stillness are also going to help me uh, get rid of that stress. It's just I've I've been in that hamster wheel of stress for so long, and I feel like it's, you know, peeling the onion layers. It's going to take a little time. I mean, I know things can happen in an instant. And it's in that holy instant when I tune in with God that everything is just wonderful. But then, you know, the mind kicks in with, you know, what's going on with Mueller? What's going on with Trump? What's going on with the economy? And it's like, stop it. It's been nice to not have TV. I don't know. How are you doing? 
I think that's a really good point because I started realizing that my stress levels increased dramatically when I was watching the news or when I would get, you know, little notifications on my phone about something politically. I really have cut down tremendously on my TV watching, at least from a network perspective. So I still will watch Netflix or something that's a little more sanitized. I'm not getting politics coming in. Whereas before, I might turn on CNN or I might be watching something and in the background, this information is coming at me. But I am slowly coming to the realization that I can probably get rid of TV altogether and just watch things like Netflix or Amazon Prime. So I think that's what's going to happen. One of my things as I'm getting a little older is what are points of stress in my life and what can I do? And if I can eliminate them, then let's just go ahead and do that. Obviously, some of my stress comes from my job and it's not an easy thing to eliminate because it also brings with it, you know, paychecks, etc. But this other extraneous stuff, I don't really need anymore. It was in some ways a distraction. It was easy for me to come home after a long day at work and just sort of, you know, blank out in front of the television for hours and hours until I went to bed. And I have now been reading so much and so primarily that when I do watch TV, it's about an hour and then that's it. And it's not really shows that are very enlightening for me, but it, it is providing just a little bit of a respite. But I'm getting to the point now that I am reading so much. I realized when I took an inventory that I read five books last week and I'm probably up to six this week. I'm just because I've read so much all my life. I'm pretty voracious at it. And I'm also very fast at it. So I would much rather sink my teeth into a book now than I would watching TV. Yeah, I wish I was a speed reader. I have to take word by word by word and read it out loud often just to get it, especially the course. Well, yeah, well, the course is so heavy and layered and impactful that I think it it kind of demands that we pay attention and take our time. Um, I have some good news to share with everyone. I was watching Gary and Cindy and their Patreon, uh, I guess that was last night or two nights ago, and Gary said that they just finished the audio recording for book two and that they were starting book three and that by the end of this year, all four books will be available as audiobooks. That is fantastic. You and I have probably listened to Disappearance of the Universe on audiobook, I don't know, 50 times. I mean, that may be an understatement. I've listened to that so often. Unfortunately, that book was abridged in the audio version. It wasn't the entire book. So it it will be nice to get the other ones on there. Is he re-recording Disappearance? Well, he had said so at the Boston conference. He intended to, but it kind of seems that right now, they're just focused on getting the others done. So it, it would be really long. Uh, I think it's about six or eight hours at the moment, and it would probably be more like 25 hours. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have the answer. And also Jackie, Jackie Laura Jones, is about to audio record her book, All Peace, No Pieces. So I look forward to that, too. Oh, that's exciting. I love that book. Viewers, if you haven't, found that book please get it it's so good and she also has a patreon site Mm -hmm. so people can get a one-hour lecture per month and she's got a lot of free content on her website 
So I encourage people to check out Gary and Cindy and Jackie because they definitely are the non-dualistic thought system. And then there's a special event in December, right? It's going to be um, a Christmas family course of miracles at the Unity of the West Side in Los Angeles. We're just getting a link together and the artwork together this weekend. So it will get posted probably in the next week. And we'll definitely put it on our the Course of Course page on Facebook so that people can buy tickets if they want to fly in. It's going to be Gary, Cindy, Jackie, her husband, Mark, and then the girl's mother, Doris, who introduced them to the course and to Gary's material. So it's going to be a family event all day on a Saturday. I am so excited. I'm probably more excited for this event than I have been for pretty much anything. It's going to be interesting to, to see what a, how a family communicates with each other and, you know, deals with conflict or helps heal the mind together and just how the dynamics are and how beautiful that must be. I mean, could you imagine if our siblings was reading the course, which we've given to them and have invited them to, but they don't. And we deal with family stuff every day, don't we? We do indeed. You're right. It would be mind blowing if we had that experience of our family all together being like a family of the course, but to have these people together on one stage giving a talk even if they weren't related or didn't have any relationship with one another they are all individually so fascinating it feels like a massive bonus to have all of them in one room on one stage I definitely agree and you know what Cindy's got something coming up too with the teachers of God course she's doing the first two weeks of August and there's a discount code if anyone wants to uh, see her be a presenter in the Teachers of God, which I registered for because Jackie's also a part of it and I'm working part time for Jackie. So there's a 15% off uh, membership coupon that we'll post on our page if anyone wants to see Cindy do her presentations. Oh, that's fantastic. And we've both been lucky enough to be in a room with Cindy presenting. She's amazing. She's yeah, a couple really- weeks ago when Gary got sick, she just led the whole two-hour class, and she she's really quite something. Yeah, when I'm in her presence, I, she just seems so enlightened is such an understatement. She just seems so radiant to me. And as a reminder, her book is called A Course in Health and Well-Being, and it's also available on Amazon as an ebook, or you can get it as a paperback book. And it is in my special library, in my special reading room. And we know where that is. It's it's everyone's little private space, let's just say. (laughs) I do want to talk about um, a forgiveness incident, I guess, that occurred this week. For those of you uh, listening, our our wonderful three listeners out there, Stephanie and I actually met in Virginia Beach. It was uh, some time ago. I don't want to give away our age, but you can probably look it up. We met in Virginia Beach while we were there. We were taking a lot of classes and we also had to work part time jobs. So one of the part time jobs I had was at a bowling alley, you know, behind the the front desk. I've always kind of gravitated toward bowling alleys. I grew up sort of like in a bowling community. So it was a natural fit for me. Um, You know, you end up meeting a lot of people because you're interacting with team leagues and youth leagues and and that kind of stuff. And I had met somebody there, um, you know, very nice gentleman. You know, we became friends. I ended up leaving Virginia, going back to Cincinnati after my 
work was done in Virginia. And then I went to North Carolina where I did some work kind of like adjacent to Duke University for uh, in parapsychology. And while I was in North Carolina, one of the, the gents that I had known in Virginia Beach was actually taking some classes at UNC, University of North Carolina. And, you know, we kind of like uh, met back up again. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And so we were friends. And, you know, again, this is a long time ago. I kind of went off into my little journey in North Carolina. He did, too. We went back up to Virginia. And then I went on with my life. Again, this is 20-something years ago. So the other day, I get an, a message, and I am from LinkedIn. And it was this particular gentleman who said, Janine, is that you? I've been looking for you for 20-something years. And I'm like, wait a minute. I looked at the name, and I couldn't quite figure it out. It's like, who is this person? The name sort of sounded familiar, but I've had a lot of living. Um, <laughs> I've gone to many cities since then. I actually lived in a different country and I've been in Los Angeles for a very long time. So, you know, this is really going back into my memory banks. And then I finally remembered it was one of the, the gentlemen that I worked with at that bowling alley in Virginia. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, how are you? And this is what he said to me, and it blew me away. He said, Janine, I've been looking for you for a very long time. I'm like, really? He said, when we were in North Carolina, um, I never got a chance to say goodbye to you. I just kind of left because I had to go back to Virginia. I can't remember what all that was about. And I have carried this feeling that I needed to apologize to you for so long because we had a special friendship and I just feel like I walked away and I didn't mean it. And I really felt that I did a, a, a serious wrong to you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't even realize it. You know what I mean? So here he thought he had done this horrible thing and he was carrying around this guilt. And I didn't even like it didn't even register with me whatsoever. I had gone and, you know, moved into different areas and lived my life. So everyone out there, it was a really good wake up lesson for me. And I hope it could be a wake up lesson for you. Sometimes we may do something and we feel like we have hurt somebody and we are in need of forgiveness. But it's actually possible that it's all kind of an illusion in your mind and you didn't harm anyone. And this poor gentleman truly felt like he was carrying this hurt that he had done something badly to me. And the only thing I can think about when I think of him is he, he you know, I appreciate him. And, you know, he was a good friend. I had zero ill feelings toward him. So I'm so glad that he reached out and we could reconnect. And hopefully I was able to say, you know, let that go. That doesn't even exist. I'm, I'm fine. I think it's fantastic that you're doing well. Right. So FYI, forgiveness is all about ourselves. It's not about someone else. And the reality is we're fine. We're all OK. We don't have to carry around all this guilt. It's not necessary and it doesn't exist. Yeah, the ego is so powerful, isn't it? At trying to tie up our space and our mind with various forms of guilt to keep us like looking at the television instead of um, being at peace because we just don't know how to be still. So all that, all that, you know, like I forgot to say goodbye when I left town, like, wow. I mean, on some level, it seems like it's not that big of a thing, but for him it was. And so I honor that it, it felt that way for him. And to carry that that whole time, it's like, oof, 
it's just bizarre to me because, you know, I've had some, I would call traumatic things occur in my life. And that was, that wouldn't even be a small blip on the radar of that. But yet he felt it so strongly that he needed to track me down after 20 something years and apologize to me. I think I talked a few podcasts ago about writing this letter to this gentleman. His name's Dana that I worked with a few years ago and I felt like I wasn't very nice to him. And, uh, you know, I wrote out this handwritten letter, you know, basically saying, look, I'm really sorry. I hope he got it. I haven't heard, but it was so cathartic for me. And it's probably the same thing. He probably like, who are you again? You know what I mean? So it's fascinating what we carry in our, in ourselves. I also, my father's had some health issues. He's an older gent and he's in the hospital currently. And I feel guilt. And I think we probably all do as children. When we think back about the way we may have behaved to our parents and I've been carrying that like, Oh, I feel terrible for being, you know, such a, a pain in the neck teenager and, you know, not being as grateful as I should have been with my parents because they did so much for me. You know, sometimes you wait until you're a little older to look back and go, Oh, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? It's amazing how much guilt kind of takes over your life. It's an infection, right? So my father, I'm sure, doesn't remember any of that. He's got a lot, he's got a lot of living too. And I really don't think that the transgressions that I thought were so horrible even hit a blip on his radar either. So it was nice that my friend from Virginia reached out. It really opened up a lot of memories for me to kind of release you know, just let it go because he gave me the opportunity to teach myself that this stuff isn't necessary. Let it go. It's like peeling back the onion. Okay, what is this? Let it go. Move on. Toya, they say true forgiveness is a practice moment to moment. Yeah. And you know what? I also feel very grateful that my age now that I'm a mature human that I've had kind of a a bit of a a lifetime to be able to work through this. So I appreciate that. I suppose I've given myself the opportunity to um, be in the Janine body and the Janine experience to the point where I'm able to kind of work through a lot of this unresolved guilt. So I, for that, I'm, I'm grateful to me. I'm grateful to my creator and my best good friend, Joshua Ben Joseph for being the, um, the shepherd for me and kind of showing me the path and which direction to go in. So amen, Joshua. I get the course, like it's all an illusion and that we actually can just wake up in this lifetime if we, you know, do the true forgiveness practicing and can become like Ken Wapnick or Gary Renard. But um, sometimes I also wonder like, are there other dimensions out there like they talk about in science? You know, we're in a third dimension and our collective consciousness is the fourth dimension. And we're all moving from the Piscean era to the Aquarian era and, you know, the Milky Way and the star system. And it just it just starts to splinter off, which I just have always felt is an ego based idea to just keep us separate in our mind from love, which is really all there is. But sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm also starting to wonder now because I've been watching some Gaia, uh, the Gaia channel with uh, Rupert Sheldrake, who's going to be presenting here on the island. And we read his paper at Atlantic University on the morphic resonance. This other woman, Barbara Han Clow is her name. She's a Cherokee Indian. 
and her grandfather was a medicine man and he gave her some teachings uh, that they had learned that had been passed down from generation to generation, like back to Maya and, you know, Maya's illusion, Maya's dream, Maya's time. And her book's called The Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. So I've been listening to that and watching some of those interviews on Gaia. And they were talking about how they put into our consciousness this idea of Yahweh and Islam. And it's a duality that happens on the fourth dimension. But they're like experimenting with us and they're putting it down in our in our minds that there's duality even though at the level of the mind they know that it's it's only love. And so they're trying to let us know that there is only love, even though there's this world that seems like it's dualistic. But I guess where I kind of get conflicted in is like, is this whole thing with Jesus um, and the Holy Spirit and that this is an illusion, which which we know it is, even scientifically through all the math and stuff. But like, does it, just keep going on? Are we really from another star system? I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit confused. And I'm just exploring that right now, I would say. I think for me, my focus really is on the course. And, you know, it it may be to my detriment that I'm not letting other stuff in, but I just feel like I want to be as good as I possibly can within the course. Well, this other series of books that we just learned about, there's 10 books in the series with three women who are into the course and still had questions. And they started channeling and they wrote one with God, Awakening Through the Voice of the Holy Spirit. And Jackie was requested to moderate a panel with them coming to Los Angeles with the guy who hosts our study group, uh, Rob. So he's really into these books and he's pretty like, he's pretty uh, rigid, I would say in a good way. Like we were all in Boston together at the conference. And when certain people were speaking, we just kind of look at each other. Like, did you just hear that? Because that course teacher just said something that's not really in alignment with the course. Like they were making things real. So for him, to actually like something other than the course to me is a pretty big sign that it must be valid. Yet you and I got really into Jayam and those books, The Way of Mastery, and he thinks that those aren't so good, even though we do really appreciate them and the teaching from them. Has he so read I, I don't know. I mean, I would assume he's tried to read it and got turned off. I mean, not not everything is for everyone, but mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else that's listening has ever read the one with God series. If, if you guys have, I think we'd like to hear from you. Um, I'll probably try and read the book one before October when they come to LA on my birthday weekend, which I'd rather be in Oregon at a winery. <laughs> I'm all for that. That's where we were last year, weren't we? And we still might be because I already told Jackie I might not be back yet. But it's interesting that other people are having these occurrences of saying that they're talk Jesus is coming to them and they're channeling books mm-hmm. and their core students or that the Holy Spirit, because it's really just the Holy Spirit anyway, who shows up as Gary, who shows up as me, who shows up as Jay. So I, I don't know. 
Just more separation, I guess, more distraction. I suppose it's a distraction. I do want to talk about this because you had kind of told me about this, um, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something. I was kind of like reconfiguring one of those projectors um, that I hook up to my Apple TV so I can project TV on the wall. And I noticed on Netflix there was something called The Kindness Diaries, and I started watching them today. They, unfortunately, Netflix only had season two. It didn't have season one. So I feel like I kind of got in there a a little later than the introduction of it all. But it is hosted by Leon Logothetis. Logothetis. Um, And basically, in this particular series, he starts up in Alaska and he drives down to Argentina. And he does the trip based only on kindness, meaning uh, he can't accept money. He He needs to find places to stay. Uh, from the kindness of strangers, and it is fantastic, and uh, unfortunately makes me cry all the time. I uh, cried my eyes out. In the oh my god! Well, you're on the plane, right? No, I was at home. Oh, you were. Yeah. So, um, it gives me hope because you know when we hear all the stuff that's going on in the news and how people treat each other, and sometimes it's not very kind. To watch this show and see that there's so many decent and kind and loving people out there is so heartwarming. And it really helped, you know, when you have a bad day or, you know, your boss is being particularly unfortunate to be able to watch a show like this and to see this host who is just so open and so loving. And, you know, sometimes you see these big burly men that you would think would not be kind of in touch with that, you know, breakdown and just talk about how they just want to help people. It's really amazing. And it reminded me that we are all God. We are all God, you know, having an individual experience. And there are still many, many of us that are connected to the God within and are doing what they can to manifest it in the world. So kudos to the production company and, and Leon, the host and, you know, anybody who was involved in the kindness diaries, because wow, it's really powerful and such a simple, simple concept. There can be many, many TV shows and movies that they spend millions and millions of dollars on, and it won't elicit a tear or any emotional output from me. But these small things have me in a puddle because they're so impactful emotionally. They really are. There's something interesting about feelings. You know, I always thought that, at least in Landmark, I was trained, I am not my circumstances. You know, like, I'm not whatever I'm feeling. I made a commitment to something, and I need to keep my word. And no matter what happens, you know, just because I don't feel like it doesn't doesn't mean I'm, I'm not supposed to follow through. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I've been programmed. On the other hand, I'm, I'm also learning that feelings are a really good way to know where I'm at and I'm retraining myself to trust my feelings and to pay attention to them. I love that. So sometimes we tend to walk away from our feelings or we don't want to address them or even feel what's going on within us. And you're basically saying, Hey, if I'm having a feeling, it's basically a guidepost to tell me where I am right now. Exactly. And to pay attention. There's a reason I'm having that feeling. So I think because of all the stress that we are living in, in this kind of slave society of how we're set up to have charge cards and have things and have jobs to pay for those things, 
you know, it just keeps us going. But now that I'm taking some of those layers off, just noticing the feelings that come up and sometimes it's past circumstances that have happened. I'm even working in my dream state, trying to heal any kind of garbage that maybe I've taken on through my DNA, through my ancestors, whether it's ideas about money and that you have to work hard in order to have money because that's how I have it and have been my entire life. And, and why not try being more open to money coming in new ways? Not that money's everything, but we need the money to pay the rent and the car and the insurance and all that other stuff in the world. But just having money means, you know, I don't have to be relying on the government, which some people do. We were talking about that recently and how there's a lot of people who need government aid. I don't know. I just think that feelings are a good indicator. And and yet I don't want to let them overpower me either. Like, I think it's good to feel it, to heal it, as they would say, and maybe do some journal writing about things. You know, we all have things that happen in our childhood and with relationships with people as we're growing but it's not really who we are. It's just another ego distraction trying to keep us separate. And I feel like we can just, you know, give it over again to the Holy Spirit and have faith that it will heal us at the level of the mind. And that, you know, I don't have to go into a depression or try to analyze and figure it out. I can feel it and just let it go. So I had this interesting thing happen to me last Saturday I, it was in the morning. I was on the phone talking to my sister. I went to the kitchen to turn on the water. I was going to make coffee or something. And I noticed the water pressure was low. And I thought, that's weird. So I go into the bathroom, same thing, low water pressure. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just check in on the neighborhood app. Um, you know, it's this app on people's phone. Just wanted to see if there was a water issue in my town or something. So I looked, no, nothing. And then I was like, all right, well, let me just walk outside and see what's going on. I walk outside to a geyser. Oh. I a massive water leak from the main out on the street going into the house. It was everywhere. It was like Noah's Ark bad. Wow. And so my immediate reaction was panic, which I guess is sort of normal. I mean, it's out of the ordinary. And I just felt like, oh, my God, what do I do? A gentleman who was in a Jeep had driven by. And he did a U-turn and came back and he stopped and without really talking to me, he walked over. He opened up like the, the lid, I guess. This tells you how qualified I am for house maintenance. And he stuck his hand down to where the water main was and uh, he had to go pretty far down and he turned it off. And then he looked at me and I'm like, thank you so much for doing that. Right. He's like, well, here's the thing. The water is now off to your house. You have, you probably shouldn't call a plumber because plumbers are going to cost you a lot of money because it's a Saturday and they're going to have to come out. He said, I really think that you should call somebody who does irrigation like sprinkler fixes. And I'm like, OK, well, who do I call? And he's like, well, I used this guy like a year ago. Let me see if I can get you his number now. I'm I'm pretty juiced up at this point because I'm I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is happening? I don't know what to do. I don't know where the leak is. So he went and called somebody. Uh, he walked back over and he gave me the number. I called the gentleman and I just got his voicemail. And so I left one and I said, this is what's going on. If you can, could you please call me back? 
And so um, my neighbor, he happened to be a neighbor who was two streets away. He's like, don't worry, this this guy will take care of it. It'll be okay. He was very reassuring. I never met him before. He didn't have to stop or anything. And then he was on his way. And the sprinkler repairman called me back. And he again said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. This happens. I have a very busy day, but I'm going to try to get to you in between a couple of my scheduled clients. Fine. So he came a couple hours later and um, he walked me through. He had to dig down deep to where my pipes were. He explained to me what had happened. He said, you know, these pipes, you know, they're underground and sometimes they just bust and it's okay. So he kind of walked me through how it was going to be repaired. And then he said, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to let it cure for a bit because he has to connect, you know, it was a join for the pipes and you have to glue it on this kind of stuff. He said, I'm going to let it cure. I'm going to go do my other stuff and then I'll come back. Don't worry. I'll come back. Got to remember, I don't have any water to my house. Can't go to the bathroom or anything. And so he did. He came back and it, at the time it was like 98 degrees outside. He'd been outside all day. Um, and so he took care of it and it cost me $140. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. These two gentlemen who are just like out there in the world, I never met them before, all of a sudden became very important to me. And again, it was just another reminder that even though my reaction was immediate panic, if I was just patient enough and I just trusted enough, you know, everything changes, life changes. We know that if something is going really badly, it will change. The light will come up. The, the sun rises again. We have a tendency to get stuck in, oh, no, this is what happened. Pity, poor me. Why is everything to, so terrible, et cetera? And we know people that are like that. But the reality of third dimension, at least as we're connected to, to the God source, is it's all okay. This is all kind of projection in our world, right? So even though I didn't exactly appreciate having to go through it, now I know if it happens again, I know who to call, I know what to do. I feel so much more empowered. Sometimes these lessons in our lives, they're not that bad. They, they may seem that way, but they're small enough that they help us move forward in our journey to realize that none of this really matters and we can get through it. I know that, um, Dave, who handled the, the leak, and Brian, the neighbor, aren't listening to the course, of course, but the off chance they are, thank you very much. Namaste. You two made such a positive impact on my life, and um, I'm truly deeply grateful for it. It's like your own experience of the kindness diaries. It was, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It's interesting how when something happens, our wired ego self just wants to go to the opposite end, you know, like, oh, my God, all my pipes are broken and it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. Like, it's just so easy to spin it out of proportion so quickly. Um, but really, in this instance, it's it was a good example of the Holy Spirit just making it happen, uh, getting fixed like effortlessly, like someone just appeared out of nowhere and he happened to know a guy. And, it, and now it's amazing, isn't it? I was also really appreciative that it happened on a Saturday morning. I mean, I had nothing but time to deal with it. It's yeah. almost like all that forgiveness work you've been doing at work 
I think kind of prepaid this to show you like the universe has got your back. Like it's going to take care of you. It's, it's a gentler experience. Yeah. It's a good, I didn't even think about it that way. Um, at work, I was saying that, you know, I used to keep creating what I would call work monsters. There's somebody in the work space that was causing me stress or emotional pain or whatever. And I've been doing a much better job, but I seem to stumble upon creating yet another one. And um, it's funny. This was last weekend. I thought I created this other <laughs> work monster. And by by Monday, they had been completely um, neutralized. I mean, it wasn't a problem at all. So, again, it's just a reminder you're creating these things. But the nice thing is I'm, I'm vanquishing them much faster than I used to. Yay! Getting power behind it. A lot of it is just saying, okay, when you're reacting, it's ego. So, you know, tame the ego. There's a, another woman. I would say that she's probably my age. Um, and we're both probably at the same level of technical acumen. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I'm, I'm pretty technical. I mean, I, I understand a lot of coding and, and system stuff. And so we're on a call and she has this habit, not just with me, I think, with other people as well, where she can be a little condescending. So she's on this call and whenever she wants to make a point in a not so flattering way, she will say my name twice. And it goes like this, Janine, Janine, you know what I mean? Like the tone. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like, just let it go. You've got to just let it go. This is her, not you. So while I'm on the calls with her, cause she does that a lot. And I think it's fascinating. I don't know if I'm um, pinging something in her, that she's acting that way or what? Because I, I barely know her, but now I'm finding it amusing. It's like, oh, she's going to say my name twice again. <laughs> and I hear my name twice, you know? I'd be like, Holy Spirit, Jesus, be with me now, Janine. Holy yeah. Spirit, Jesus, be with me now, Janine. <laughs> I would love to say Jeshua. Jeshua. Yeah. We need to do. <laughs> it is fascinating. Now that I'm way more conscious about it, um, how people are not just talking to me, but each other on like big conference calls and how much of their ego is coming out. It's becoming like a little sociological experiment, you know, like, hmm. Yeah, I think when we can sit back and just kind of be the observer, mm -hmm. let it pass by, be the passerby or whatever. I'm looking at this paragraph in my uh, workbook lesson. When truth has come, all pain is over. For there is no room for transitory thoughts and dead ideas to linger in your mind. That's a good one. Yeah. That's workbook uh, 106. Let me be still and listen to the truth. And that's kind of what it boils down to. That's that holy instant, just mm -hmm. connecting to that truth in our mind. The world wants us to look outside at that television. That is so true. You know, I was saying I read so much and maybe it's, kind of the same thing uh it's distracting but one of the things that i do enjoy about reading is it helps my mind go to other places as opposed to it being deadened by you know some real housewives of beverly hills stuff on tv there's also a vibration that emanates through the television that <laughs> is deadening and fearful i feel yeah that's a good point i really don't watch things that 
cause me fear at all. It's one of the reasons why I'm not a real big fan of some of the other stuff that's out there on the internet because I, it's like, well, whatever. I mean, the only thing that's true um, is God and love. I get that. So everything else is like, whatever. I, I just don't like scary movies. I don't like things that, that kind of ping me. It doesn't make any sense for me. It's not necessary, I guess. I don't want to feel alive just because I'm watching a scary movie and it's making me like jump and stuff. It's just not my thing. I'd rather just watch lovely, kind things. Yeah. Or read books about kindness or, I mean, everybody knows I'm a huge history fan probably at this point. And I read a lot of history only because I, I like to see if I can identify with um, Jesus and God-like thoughts and some of these historical um, characters one of the things that I love, and I think most people in the United States that have ever studied, you know, their origins um, of the country is some of the amazing language and ideas and thoughts that our founding fathers had, even though they were all deeply flawed individuals. I, I truly appreciated where they wanted to go with it. I mean, they were clearly um, kind of reaching for this higher ideal, which is fantastic. And, you know, I like reading stuff about that. Yeah, it's like they were masterminds that were setting up a whole new way of being. Yeah, 100%. And because I read so much, I can recognize sort of transcendent writing. There are some people who are just gifted writers. And I do believe that, you know, they are channeling. You know, I went on Facebook the other day and I unfriended over a thousand people. Oh, my goodness. It took me a couple of hours, but it was worth it. There's just so many people that just automatically ask to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get them to the course page was to friend them so that I could invite them to the course page. And now I'm just like, I don't care. People will find us if they want to find us. I don't have to friend people I don't know. My aunt had this occurrence recently where she started chatting with someone and they said that they were in the military and Benghazi and, you know, they had all these houses and was divorced and she's divorced. Well, actually, her husband, my uncle, passed and I think she was a little bit lonely. So she started talking with him, you know, and it was one of those phishing schemes where they are trying to get money from you. And she just shut down the whole Facebook, Instagram, like the social media thing. is just it's kind of crazy. It is. It's one of the reasons why I don't really have a lot of social media presence. I used to have a personal Facebook page and I got rid of it. So thank you very much for uh, taking one for the team on the course, of course, Facebook site. No worries. We'll still keep posting things there for everybody to know what's happening with Gary and Cindy and Jackie and Maria and all our favorite course teachers. Well, and that's one of the ways that I absolutely love the Internet uh, for bringing all that stuff to our our fingertips, right? This stuff that we want to bring into our world is right there. Yeah, it's good. You know, we have a choice what we want to read or what we want to watch. We always have choice. That's what it comes down to is who am I going to choose? Am I going to choose the loving side or the fearful side? I choose love. I'm the light of the world. I am. And so kind of amused and grateful that Marianne Williamson is still in play in the presidential election for 2020 because, you know, she said her message is about love. And there are a few people that have already dropped out and she hasn't. 
so far she has survived. And I had read an article that said in the last U.S. debate, which I think was sometime in June, they felt that Kamala Harris um, seemed to be the winner of the debate. I think she did a, a few knockdown jabs at Joe Biden, but she was not the one that most people Googled after that debate. It was Marianne Williamson. She was a number one person who was searched in Google after the debate. That's incredible to hear. I had not heard that. I just heard that. I was like, that is phenomenal because so many people want to know who she was. For us, we've already known about her. Obviously, she's been in the course community for a long time and we've read her books. But we have to remember there's a huge swath of voters in the United States who'd never heard of her because this isn't their genre of book, right? So they probably wouldn't have known. Yeah, the New York Times did a brilliant article about the course and um, they didn't put it down, which was good. <laughs> it was good. So Marianne is bringing this consciousness out there. And she says, you know, I'm going to bring love to the uh, presidential race. And I was like, good on you, Marianne. It's about time somebody brings love. Love is all there is. Just like the Beatles. I agree. All right. So on that note, um, is there anything you would like to say before we wrap this one up? Just peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. I concur. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie, again, for uh, being here on this journey with me. And thank you, listeners and dreamers, for being there as well. We'll be back in a few weeks, and hopefully we will have more information on Stephanie's exciting <laughs> experience in Canada in the wilds with the whales. And I hopefully will um, have drama-free home life um, and home ownership for the next few weeks. On that note, thanks again, everyone. Have a good evening. <laughs>